My original plan for our time together this morning was to continue our In Christ Alone message series with a look at forgiveness. Lots happened in the last week, though, hasn't it? Probably all had to alter our plans, at least a little bit. Probably a lot. As we gather together this morning, our state and our country are in an officially declared state of emergency. As we gather together this morning, there are many people in our world who are very sick, some even dying. As we gather together this morning, many are scared and scrambling just to get hands on the most basic of provisions for our families. I hesitate to say this, but I have to. Unfortunately, circumstances will probably get worse before they get better. But they will get better. Amen. They will get better. But there will certainly be some difficult days between this day and that day. I doubt that anybody here this morning has faced a challenge quite like this one. But here's some good news. God has. There is nothing new under the sun to him. And because he will be with us every day, every step of the way, we can have confidence. We can have peace. God is with us every step of the way. That simple message is what this morning's time together is all about. Just that reminder, a single truth that changes absolutely everything, that God is with us. And because he is, we do not have to be afraid, no matter what happens. There are lots of passages in Scripture that tell us that, each in just a little different way. But this morning I want to read one that, it comes from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And by the way, Isaiah himself, he was no stranger to tough times. Some of the things that he endured in his life would send most of us running for cover. And so he speaks from experience because somehow through it all, all that he endured, he remained steadfast, unwavering because he knew one thing, that God was with him. Hear these words this morning spoken to us by God through the prophet. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can I read that just one more time this morning? God says to us, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, if we were to break that single passage down into its simplest forms, there's really just two parts. There is the part that we are called to do, the things that God invites and encourages us to do. On the other hand, there's the things that God promises to do in the meantime. For us, there's just two things. Two things. Don't be afraid and do not dismay. 
That's it. In other words, take a deep breath. Don't panic. We might not understand what's happening in the world around us, but that doesn't mean that we can't experience peace in the midst of it. Scripture describes that exactly. Peace that passes understanding. So that's our part. Don't forget this morning. Don't be afraid. Don't dismay. When it comes to this passage in the ground that it covers, that's our part. So what about God's part? What will he be up to? There's four things that he promises us that he will do and continue to do. The first is that he will be with us, right? That means that we are never, never alone. And that in and of itself is a powerful promise. God will be with us. We're never alone. The second promise that we find in our passage is that he's going to strengthen us. No matter what we go through, we will be able to walk and not grow weary. We will be able to run and not faint. He will give us the power that we need to get through any and every circumstance. The third promise of this passage is that he's going to help us. Anybody ever have a difficult time asking for help? Gentlemen, I know we are particularly slow when it comes to that, but sometimes we just need it. Amen? Well, good news. Guess what? God will help us. One of the names for the Holy Spirit is actually the helper. And then finally, and sometimes this is just the one that we need, it says that God will uphold us. I don't know if you've ever been so tired before that you feel like you could just fall over. But if we get to that point, this passage tells us that God will hold us in the palm of his hand. Those are powerful promises, aren't they? God will be with us. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will hold us up when we need it. You know, when I read these words and imagine the things that become possible for those who truly believe them, God is with us, we can do anything. First person who comes to my mind is David, that Old Testament poet, prophet, king, warrior. Lots of stories about David in the Bible. Probably the most famous, though we all heard it in Sunday school, was the story of David and Goliath, right? David did not win that battle because he was the biggest or the fastest or the strongest or the most well-trained. He won it for two reasons. Because one, he knew that God was with him. And two, this one's important, he invited God to the fight. And this wasn't the first fight that David had been in. His whole life, in a lot of different ways, was all leading up to this battle, leading up to this moment. I mean, the reason that he had such confidence in God is that he had invited him to a few fights before. I don't know how I ended up in this passage of Scripture this week, this story. It's one I haven't read in a while, but I think it's so powerful comes from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 34 to 37. And what is happening here is the Israelites, the Philistines, they are in this standoff. 
And there's this big bully named Goliath, and he is taunting the people of Israel. David is just a young boy at the time. His older brothers are on the front lines actually fighting. David travels to bring them provisions, and he sees what's happening. Goliath just mocking the name of God, the people of God, calling the men, the warriors, out to fight, and nobody will go. And David says, this is not right. Somebody has to stand up for what's right. And so this passage of scripture, it shows us the story of somehow David was granted an audience with King Saul. And here's what happens in their conversation. But David said to Saul, your servant, he's referring to himself, used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Some translations say I grabbed him by the neck and I clubbed him to death. Your servant has struck down both bears and lions. I never caught this detail before. I knew that David had killed a lion and a bear when he was younger, but did you notice that both of those words are plural? We're not talking about one lion. We're not talking about one bear. We're talking about bears, lions. And David says, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be just like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go. And the Lord be with you. We all know what happens next, don't we? Sometimes I think about that story and I wonder to myself if David even broke a sweat that day. Let that sink in for a moment. Because it's just as true today as it was for David. God is with us. And through him, all things are possible. We do not fear We are not dismayed because we know that God is with us, that he will strengthen us, that he will help us, that he will hold us up. I mean, think about it for just a moment today. All of the things that God has brought you through, the trials, the tribulations, and the very fact that we are sitting here at this moment is testimony to God's protection and his provision. And scripture tells us that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that he has not led us this far to abandon us now. Amen. Probably most pastors around the world this morning are preaching a very similar message. A reminder that God is with us, a reminder that we don't have to be afraid. But there's also another part to this message that I hope they are covering as well. And it has to do with the part that God calls us to play during times like this. Think about it for just a moment. When David woke up in the morning and he went out to the shepherd's field, he brought his staff with him. 
right? When he traveled to the front lines to meet up with his brothers, he brought his sling, he brought his stones, he brought provisions, right? And he is the one who made the decision to take a stand against the giant. God gave him strength, but he is still the one who took a stand. I have never liked the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. My mom could not stand that phrase. It's not in the Bible, just in case you were wondering. But there is a tiny kernel of truth in it. Maybe it could just be said a little differently. How about this? God helps those who work with him. God helps those who cooperate with him do their part, right? I mean, maybe that way of saying it holds up the grace and the provision and the strength of God, but at the same time doesn't let us off the hook either. God gave us brains. God gave us hands, some bigger than others. God has entrusted each of us, though, with resources for us to steward as wisely as we can. Now, we're going to shift gears for just a moment this morning and talk about some of the practical actions that I believe are appropriate for us in the days ahead. I don't know if anyone missed the email that went out from the church office a few days ago from myself and other leaders in the church, but I'd like to reiterate a few of those points and then also update you on a few pieces of new information. Please know that this list is not exhaustive. It does not cover everything. Just those items that I would share with you this morning as high priority action items. And we're just going to walk through some basics probably over the next five minutes and then we'll wrap it up and get out a little bit early this morning. Here's the first. I know you know this already, not new information, but please be virus conscious. Be aware of the reality of the virus. I'm still being trained. I naturally just want to hug everybody, but I'm finding myself just being a little bit more cautious. Use the elbow bump, you know, use the fake high five. Wash your hands frequently and thoroughly. I listened to a seven minute special on NPR about how to properly wash your hands. Didn't realize it, I've been doing it wrong my whole life. A lot of resources out there that can walk you through how to wash your hands thoroughly. Do it frequently as well. Avoid physical contact with people as much as you can, including shaking hands. I introduced two people to each other, my best friend and, and my neighbor. And uh, they went to shake hands and they were like, see, we can be taught. I was watching a movie this weekend and just saw two men shake hands and my reaction was, ah, just be conscious, right? Makes a big difference. Here's the second one. Very important, if you are not feeling well, and I was talking to Sharon, who is a nurse, this morning. If you're not feeling well, please call your physician. Don't rush straight to the emergency room. Just call your physician and go from there. And definitely avoid, as much as you are able, public spaces. And that includes, unfortunately, coming to church. I've been in communication with six other ministers here in Atchison, just trying to keep up with them, what precautions they are taking. And I received a text from Father Jeremy at the Catholic Church yesterday. And he said that he received official word from up on high, not sure how high, 
but he said that he had been given permission to grant dispensations or exemptions from obligations to attend Mass. We're not quite that official around here, but for what it's worth, it's okay. If you are not feeling well, please stay at home. This one, people hear and they think to themselves, oh, come on, are you serious? But uh, very, very serious. Try to keep some basic provisions at home, first aid items. If you are able to have enough food for your family for a month, as much water as you can uh, keep in your home, it's just a good idea. I'll never forget when the boil alert went out last year. Within 30 minutes, every bottle of water in Atchison was, was gone. So good idea to keep some non-perishable food items around, some water, just some basic, uh, some basic supplies. Very, very important. The next one is this. Stay informed. Stay up to date with the latest news. Uh, there's lots of ways that we can get our news these days, and so just stay current with what's going on, especially here in our community. Lots of online resources as well. The list we're walking through together this morning is very short. There are much more exhaustive and thorough resources out there that can help. The next one you may not have thought of, but talk to your children about the severity of this situation. There's a lot of younger folks who, for one reason or another, just aren't taking it very seriously. I know because I overheard a conversation uh, two days ago between my 15-year-old daughter and one of her friends. And her friend said, I think this whole thing's a hoax. It has to do with the election. And I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking to myself, she really thinks this. And so I had a conversation with my daughter later in the day and I said, so what, you know, what do your people, what do your friends think about all this? And she said, well, I think they believe it's all being blown way out of proportion. And I said, well, why is that? And her response was, I think they just don't have enough information. So talk to your children, let them know how important it is to be cautious. One of the reasons I know younger folks are not taking this so seriously is because they're not generally speaking as severely affected as extremely young children and older folks. That is my understanding. But one of the scariest things about this is that some people, especially younger folks, can be carriers of this without exhibiting any symptom. And so their concern might not be for themselves, but just remind them, hey, you don't want to get your dear old grandma sick or you know anybody for that matter. Just communicate with your kids. And then finally, in this part, uh, make sure you have good communication with your family. I I'm really embarrassed to share this with you. I realized this week that I don't know, my th I have three children, I don't know any of their cell numbers. I just look up their name and I push the button. I know my wife's and she knows mine, but you know, make sure that you can communicate with your family. Put together some kind of plan in case of emergency. If nothing else, have a place where you're all going to meet if things go sideways. So again, I think these are just the most basic ways that we can take action and be prepared. I want to take about three minutes just to cover a few of the things that our church is doing here, and I'll do this quickly. As Pastor Brad already mentioned, we made the difficult decision to cancel youth and children events through the rest of the month, and I think that is just 
our best efforts to take care of and make sure our kids are safe. I am in regular communication with six other pastors in the community. I'm also staying tuned to messages from the regional office, the general office in Indianapolis, and also the state. We are monitoring new information as it comes uh, very intentionally. One of the biggest decisions that a lot of churches are facing right now is whether services, physical services, should continue. I just want you to know that if we make that decision to not meet here on Sunday mornings, that it will not be done lightly. It will not be done unilaterally. It will be done through much prayer, conversation with the leadership team that we have at our church. If that decision is made, in fact, if the decision to cancel any events are made, then the best place to get that information is through email. If you did not receive the email that went out a few days ago, then that means you're probably not on the list or it's sitting in your junk mail somewhere. So make sure that you are plugged into that list. If you're not on it, you can call Rosie and she can add you to it very easily. The youth and children's ministry will continue to use the Remind app as a way of communicating information. And then also some stuff will be on Facebook, but still your number one source of information from the church will continue to be email. If we should come to the place where we have to cancel services on a Sunday, we are already looking into options for broadcasting it over the internet. A lot of details to figure out. We're also working on a plan to go out and minister to people in need in the community whether it's older folks or immobile folks in our church, in the community. And then, of course, if you guys know, we got a lot of hungry kids in our community that rely heavily on school lunches for regular nutrition. If schools close, let me rephrase that, when schools close, there's going to be a lot of hungry kids. So please consider uh, donating time food, just any way that you can, because we are going to, we're going to band together in these times. Amen. Just two things, and then we'll wrap it up. Please continue to give and support the church financially. As I mentioned a few moments ago, ministry needs are only going to increase. Uh, Send checks in, lots of digital ways to give online through our website, but now more than ever, we need to pitch in. And here's the last one this morning. Uh, Pray for each other. It is so easy to underestimate the power of prayer, but let's continue to lift each other up. I know a lot of us are already, I mean, exhausted, and we're only a week into this thing. So lift each other up in prayer. Encourage one another. Paul talks about that. Make a phone call to somebody just to check in on them and let them know that you're thinking about them and and make sure that they're okay. It can make all the difference in the world. That's all that I really want to cover this morning. I know there'll be more to come. I've said this before. I'll say it just one more time. If I got to go through some tough times in my life, there's not another group of people on the planet that I'd rather go through it with than all of you. I'll close this morning with a passage of scripture. One that I read in my message last week. One that also happened to be in the Jesus Calling devotional that a lot of us read. These are words from Jesus to us, found in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
In the world you will face tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Will you pray with me this morning? God, thank you that you are in front of us, you are behind us, you are at our left and at our right. Lord, you have us surrounded with your grace, your mercy, your love. I pray that you would, Lord, make us extra aware of your presence with us during these days and weeks and months ahead. Lord, we lift up those who are already suffering and struggling. Lord, help us to know what part you might have us play in ministering to them. We reaffirm our faith and our trust in you this morning. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.